Hello, Tea Crew, and welcome to a brand new episode of Tea Talk with Shaw. Today, we're going to be talking about all the trending topics all over social media and the internet. And we're also going to be doing a deep dive on Zeus Network. We're going to be getting into it. You don't want to miss this one. Stay tuned. All right, T-Crew, let's get into these topics. Firstly, um, we have some bad news to share uh, in our T-Talks Remembers section. Greg Leakes, as we discussed last week, was on hospice care, and his publicist and his late wife, Nini, confirmed that he did pass away last week at the age of 66 um, due to the cancer that he's been battling for the last three or four years. Um, Greg leaves behind uh, several adult children, including the son that he has with Nini and his stepson that he helped Nini raise after they got married. Um, You know, Andy Cohen, all of the Real Housewives of Atlanta, past and present, all reached out to express their condolences um, for Greg Leakes and it's just honestly so sad. I, I watched, um, Real Housewives of Atlanta from the beginning. So I got to see Greg a lot on camera and he just seemed to be a solid man on and off of the screen. I just remember even when they had their divorce and they weren't together for a couple years and they ended up getting back together. He just always seemed to kind of be the epitome of a man's man, you know, like some of the other ones would go back and forth with each other, Apollo and Peter and Todd even. And Greg was just never the one to do that. He was like, you know, my wife is strong. She stands on her own. I don't need to infuse myself into a situation. If my wife needs me, she knows where I'm at. And I don't know, it's just something about Greg that always just, he was the wiser person. He was just always the one, the voice of reason. And even in like caretaking and stuff, I know Nini said it was getting hard for her to caretake. As it is, you know, being a caretaker, especially when somebody has a terminal illness, like let's face it, you're caring for this person because you love them so deeply. They're feeling so much pain. You have to watch them in pain day in and day out. In addition to taking care of your own emotional needs to watch your loved one just become less and less of themselves as the days go on. So we wish um, Nini and the family the peace and comfort that, you know, can only come with time and grieving and all the peace that, you know, can come with knowing that he's not in pain anymore and, um, that he's in a better place. So unfortunately there's another person that we're going to be talking about in our remembrance section, Michael K. Williams, who is best known as, um, his character in the wire. He was only 54 years old and, um, It seems as though from the reports that have come out that he passed of an apparent overdose. Williams was such a great actor. Nothing but good things to say about him as well. I mean, every role he took, he dominated it. You know, he was always just someone who was so eloquent. Like the lines were perfect. He knew, you know, the street vernacular, but he also did some roles where he played like um, detectives and thing you know buttoned up more buttoned up roles where he had to get in there and just like completely turn the tables on people 
He was just a fantastic actor. And from what people have been posting about him that knew him, a fantastic person as well. And he will be greatly missed also. All right, let's move into the next topic. Little Nas X announces his album release in a unique fashion. So basically this week, um, Little Nas has been posting a series of photos to promote his album, which is dropping September 17th. Um, some of these, some of the artwork that he dropped includes, um, like a virtual picture of him and like a utopia he is actually nude but you don't see anything you know what I mean it's like one of those artistic nudes and he's falling into a waterfall in this like utopian society so he posted that and of course people got mad about that (laughs) because he was nude and then he posted some other pictures in the same style and then the boom came in. He posted a picture of himself pregnant, you know, stating that he's pregnant with his album and that he's soon to deliver his album September 17th. And you know, people were upset. And of course, Lil Boosie was one of the first people to comment. And, you know, he threatened Lil Nas. He's like, if I ever see him out, you know, I'm just gonna like go ahead and jump him or whatever he said. He is extremely, extremely bothered by the actions of Lil Nas X. He thinks it's been taken way too far and he's ready for his children, quote unquote, to not have role models and examples like this. Peter Thomas also chimed in and said he's, you know, he's here for freedom of expression, but he thinks it just went a little too far with Lil Nas X and he can't support it. And my thing with Peter is, Peter, come on now, you can't even pay your bills. You're coming to Hollywood Unlocked, you're coming at everybody who reports anything about your businesses and bounce checks. But at the end of the day, people still haven't been paid. So you have a lot of time to cruise on the internet while your own employees have not been paid. And I just find it funny that Lil Boosie is also so concerned about his family when he's the one that was allowing his children to do all types of things that he had arranged with them with sex workers. So it's just like, you don't mind endangering your children when it's at your own hands, but all of a sudden looking at a prosthetic belly is going to send them on the path straight to delinquency. I just don't understand it. And I mean, people say like, how can I explain this to my children? It's unnatural. And I thought there was a great response in the comments. I can't remember who said it, but they were like, explain to them that it's a prosthetic. Explain to them that he's an artist and this is how he expresses his art. No less than anybody else that puts cover art out or anybody else that announces the release of an album. Nobody There's no way that you can tell people how to fully express themselves. He's not hurting anyone. Um, And as far as um, women being offended by it because, you know, he doesn't understand the seriousness or um, I guess like in actuality, the dangerousness of being pregnant and the toll it takes on women. I mean, that's a different story. And also he's not the first person to do this. James Charles did it. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger did it in the um, 90s movie Twins, or not Twins, uh, Delivery or something like that. But Danny DeVito was also in it. I don't know. Look it up. Y'all know how I get with names. (laughs) But yeah, he's not the first person to do it. So it's just like, 
if you think your children are going to be confused or you're not going to be able to explain it to them, put child locks on their iPads and phones so you can control what they're viewing. And if they see it at school or wherever, you know, this is time to work those parenting chops and explain it to them. Everything in this world is not going to be black and white, cut and dry, easy to explain to your children. Most parents already know that. So how is this any different? You can't explain it away. So you're trying not to sound homophobic. So you're saying all this stuff. Let's let this boy express himself. If you don't like it, you don't have to. Don't buy the album. Don't listen to the music. Don't follow him. It's really simple to just remove somebody from your timeline and your, you know, airwaves and your space. Not that difficult. Um, all right, let's move to the next topic. Janet Jackson premieres the trailer for her new documentary, All About Her Life, that is releasing in two parts starting in January 2022, and it's going to be coming to A&E TV, so nice and accessible for everybody. I'm super excited for this. I'm a huge Janet fan. I cannot wait to see like what this documentary is going to be giving. I hope it is revealing. Like I hope she tells everything. You know what I mean? Janet Jackson for a long time has been accused of hiding her private life and living like sort of a double life because she wanted to keep her image so clean for her music career. And I honestly don't think it comes from like a fake or a disingenuous place. I think it comes from a time when if you had scandals, you wouldn't sell. You know, if anything happened to you, then your record label could drop you. You know, you could be totally like blackballed. Your record would never come out. You wouldn't have the publicity of other artists. And it probably was already hard for her being a black artist in pop. So she just had to keep everything squeaky clean as far as her image. So there was a lot of things that she just never would talk about, never could talk about. But I hope in this documentary, she can really just let loose and just tell her full story. It's like, you're a certified legend icon from a royal family but you stood out on your own as your own you know as a legend in your own right so I think it's definitely time for her to be able to you know tell her speak her truth and just say everything that she needs to say she's hit it for way too long you know there's nobody here like there's nobody stopping her from just telling it the way it needs to be told. I can't wait to watch this two-part series. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be eye-opening and I think she's really going to spill the tea. So we will definitely be watching and reporting as it comes out or even if they start to release some more trailers with a little more tea in them as well. All right, let's move on to the next story. Lil Uzi Vert. Uh, revealed in the interview that he lost his pink diamond that was implanted in his forehead and it was stolen doing Rolling Loud Miami. So Rolling Loud Miami made news for many reasons, right? This is the concert series where the baby made those comments. It was also one of the first concert series that were super, that was super packed right after the um, Delta variant was announced and people were urged to take precautions again. Rolling Loud was happening right around that surge. And after Rolling Loud, there was another COVID surge. So this was basically a very eventful concert festival. 
So at this festival, you know, Uzi Vert revealed that his $24 million pink diamond that he had implanted in his head earlier this year had fell out and it was not recovered. He's now wearing like a bar in the space holder, but he isn't wearing the diamond anymore. Um, there's no news to as the diamonds whereabouts, but it's a huge diamond, um and if anybody tries to sell it or reuse it i think people will definitely be able to identify it so i don't think they'll be able to get as far as they would like to with it however <laughs> rolling loud happened in july and now we're in september so whoever has this had it for a while maybe sold it on the black market maybe they broke it up into smaller diamonds so they could sell it um without detection who knows? Don't ask me how I know that. I watch a lot of um, <laughs> How to Smuggle. What's that show on? It's like a How to Smuggle show where they show you how people are getting things into the country. So that's probably where I got that from. But, you know, best of luck in recovering it. If not, I hope it was insured so he can begin the claim and get his money back. All right, y'all, let's move into the next story. Nikki is standing by her man. So we put a poll on our Instagram. Remember, if you're not following our Instagram, you should be. It's Tea Talk with Sha, um, you know, with the same artwork as the podcast, so you can find it. So we asked our tea crew over there, what do they think Nikki should do? Continue to stand by her man as, you know, things get worse and worse for Mr. Petty or if she should divorce him. And literally all of you, I think, no, I'm sorry. A couple of you said divorce him. I think it was like 20, 80 or something like that percentage wise. But Nikki just released a cute video of her son, Papa Bear and her husband. And she basically just puts it out there. She's like, you know, me and Papa Bear love daddy. And at the end of the video, it seemed like Papa Bear said a new word. He was just saying bye to everybody. He actually vocalized the word bye. And both of his parents were really surprised by it. It was a really cute video. But like we talked about in the past, you know, Nikki has allegedly been involved in this witness, um, in this witness harassment due to, um, his due to her husband's case and the things that are going on with him and he has filed to be removed from the national um sex offenders registry and the registry in new york city and so you know people are saying you know just cut ties this is becoming too messy like this is really messing with your brand as her brother was also um you know, has had also had charges for rape and other sexual assault, you know, situations, and she paid for his lawyer and stood by him. So they're saying that, you know, it's just bad for the brand to be a girl's girl and not believe victims and not really stand for victims and stuff like that. Um, but it looks like Nikki is doubling down on her marriage. Honestly, I wouldn't expect anything less. She had children a little later in life. And this new family is something that I think she's going to ride till the wheels fall off. I don't think that she's ever just going to step aside from him unless something really wild happens between the two of them. But I, I don't foresee her stepping away from this situation. I think she's going to double down and I think she's going to continue to feed into the narrative of, you know, happy little family. Nothing's going on here etc etc so we'll keep an eye on that 
All right, next, the Kanye saga. (laughs) Next and last. But I had to update you guys because the last time we spoke, Donda had just been released and now things are a lot different. So let's get into it because the saga definitely continues. So after Donda was officially released and the smoke cleared from people that were apparently left off the album, multiple different versions of the album began to appear on streaming platforms with extra tracks and things like this. Um, then Drake went on his radio show and released the diss track that Kanye wrote about him that happened to include Andre 3000. Now, when Drake released this, this is something called a song called Life of the Party. It was not on any version of Donda that you can get, you know, that's been released so far. And basically in the diss, Kanye basically told, you know, Drake and... Virgil of Off-White um and you know he's a Louis Vuitton designer as well he works for Louis Vuitton as well and he basically told both of them like to stop addressing him like that and you know he kind of got into his bag you know he was just like basically saying I mean you can go and look at the lyrics it's life of the party featuring Andre 3000 but he has gotten his bag and he's basically like you know you're new to this rap stuff I'm not you know, and you're just not going to talk to me like that. We're not even on the same level, et cetera, et cetera. So Kanye was really in his bag in this diss track. And some people said if it would have been left on the album, it would have been one of the best songs on the album. But I think that has a lot to do with the fact that Andre 3000 is on it. And Andre 3000 is always Andre 3000. I mean, come on. Like the feature was great. He took to his social media to clear the air that he wrote um, the verse for the track Life of the Party, but he did not hear Kanye's verse when he wrote his. He had no idea that the track was going to be used as a diss for Drake. And he also said part of the reason why the track was not on the record is because Donda was going in a more spiritual way. There's a couple of songs on there that actually include like gospel samples and stuff like that. So he didn't feel comfortable with his verse as it was. He wanted to go in a cleaner direction to really pay homage to his mother who he lost and Kanye's mother as well. And he just didn't want it to be as raw as the verse was in the um, unreleased version that people are passing around um, YouTube now since Drake leaked it. (laughs) So that's part of it. Um, also Boo, um, who is Kanye's like manager and he works with Kanye in the management group that he's in talked about people being left off the album and how, you know, Chris Brown and Kanye mended fences. Chris Brown then came back and said they absolutely did not. And a day later, he released his part of New Again, which was a verse and a chorus, as Chris usually does, so he can sing a little more. And um, Kanye's camp allegedly said that this portion of the song was not completed, so they had to move on without it. And Chris Brown then released it and said, oh yeah, this is the part that wasn't um, completed and it was mixed and it seemed to be completed to us <laughs> the listening public i mean i don't really know what completed sounds like versus non-complete it's like something my husband could go more into as a producer but i i don't know how it's supposed to sound so it sounded okay to me 
Not really sure if it was ready to go on the album, but it was completed and they allege it was not completed and it was never submitted. So a little back and forth there. Soldier Boy says he's not getting over being left off remote control. He goes live and talks about it nearly every day. <laughs> the fans are getting tired of it and he says he doesn't care. He's going to continue to talk about it until he gets an apology from Ye or Ye hooks him up with one of the Kardashians, quote unquote. Um, so let's talk about numbers really quickly. So the numbers for the certified lover boy album came in at 243.3 million and this is the first and second day totals donda was one oops 196.6 million that's the first and second day totals for kanye um and so drake outsold him on the first two days by 47 million copies having said that the way they do the number one, number two, number three albums are based on the week that it entered the market. So Donda is projected to be number one this week. And then next week, it'll probably be certified lover boy. But I'm just guessing we don't know. <clears throat> we don't know what the final totals are going to be. So there's no way to be sure. But that's how it's looking so far. Um, and both albums were great. I think a lot of people were saying that their favorite was Certified Lover Boy. It's also worth mentioning when you talk about the first and second day totals that Donda was released on a Saturday and not a Friday because of the issues that we talked about in last week's um Donda release thing. So if you want more information, go back and listen to last week and I talk about all that. But basically, yeah, I mean, 47 million copies and it looks like when the Shade Room did their poll also, shout out to the Shade Room, more people said they liked Certified Lover Boy than Donda. But, you know, this comes after three listening events and a drawn out release where people had already listened to the music and there was, you know, there was listening parties for the music. People had seen the music, but heard the music. So that all goes into how much you're listening to it when you've already heard it or heard pieces of it and stuff like that. All right, everybody, these have been our trending topics. Please stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there and welcome to the Sports Update with J-Rob. Today I will be covering news and notes from both the NFL and the NBA. So let's get started with the NFL. Unfortunately, we're going to start with some sad news because former New England Patriots wide receiver David Patton has died in a motorcycle accident. He was 47 years old. Patton played for New England from 2001 to 2004 and he won three Super Bowls with the Patriots. Also in NFL news, the Buffalo Bills have announced that they will not renew their lease in 2023 without a new stadium deal in place. Also in uh, NFL news, New Orleans Saints and Pelicans owner Gail Benson has announced that she will donate $1 million to the Gulf Coast Renewal Fund to aid the recovery after Hurricane Ida. And all Buccaneers players, coaches, and staff are fully vaccinated. The Buccaneers 
join the Atlanta Falcons as the only two teams in the NFL with 100% of their players vaccinated. So now let's move to the NBA. The Brooklyn Nets have signed NBA power forward Paul Millsap. Millsap spent the last four seasons with the Denver Nuggets. He is a four-time All-Star. Also in the NBA, former Memphis Grizzlies stars Zach Randolph and Tony Allen will become the first Grizzlies players to get their numbers retired. Randolph's number 50 jersey will be retired on December 11th and Allen's number 9 jersey will be retired on January 28th. Atlanta Hawks center Clint Capella has signed a two-year extension worth $46 million. He is now under contract with the Atlanta Hawks until the 2024-2025 season. And lastly, all-star guard Ben Simmons has informed the 76ers that he wants to play elsewhere and he will not report to camp. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have an amazing week. All right, you guys, my favorite part of the podcast. This is where I get to do a deep dive and shine a light on something that I've been thinking about lately that I want to bring more exposure to or something that I feel like I have a unique opinion on. And this one is all three. We're going to be talking about the Zeus Network app, the good, the bad, and the ugly. (laughs) So let's just get into it. The Zeus Network app is a Black-centric app. Um, that is black owned and operated and it basically focuses on media by, you know, produced by executive produced by starring, um, African-American people. So Zeus network kind of gained a lot of more, a lot of popularity with shows like one more chance at love with, um, chance from I Love New York, Tiffany Pollard and her I Love New York stuff on VH1. They also have the ATL Baddies, which is like a Bad Girls Club remake. They also have Jocelyn's Cabaret, which is going into its third season. And they have, you know, Tokyo Tony had a show on there. The Real Black China was on there. Blame it on um, Kay had a show on there looking for love. And so did B. Simone. So I feel like back, there was like two generations of Zeus. So in the beginning, when it was like be Simone and blame it on K, it was just kind of, you know, it was like a satire, but it was also, if you had the app, you would watch the shows, but it, everybody knew they weren't really looking for love. And it was kind of just like a joke. Tokyo Tony came and did a Finding Love series as well. And that one was also more joking. So it just kind of got into that. But when Jocelyn's Cabaret and ATL Baddies came on to the app, it seemed to really gain a lot more popularity because the Puerto Rican princess is always doing something. And so are the bad girls or the OG bad girls, as they like to call themselves now. So Zeus itself as a network has come into question several times for quote unquote 
harming the black community. A lot of the content shows fighting between black castmates. It shows, you know, language degradation of African American women, of white women, of women in general. Um, and after hosting an event for Jocelyn's cabaret, the reunion. Um, part one and two, Lunell, the comedian, spoke out. Now, if you know Lunell, Google her because she definitely has a resume. She's been in Hollywood for years and years. But if you know Lunell's content, Lunell is not a clean comedian. Um, she's definitely, you know, more on the raunchy side as it, as it pertains to her comedy. She curses, she tells jokes. Like, she's an adult's comedian. She's so funny. She's so talented. Um, and I love her. Um, but after hosting on the Zeus network, you know, she went live because she really had some things to say and really get off her chest about how she felt about the reunion and how she felt about the network itself. So Lunell took to her live and she really just spoke about how the women from Jocelyn's cabaret were, you know, just kind of degrading themselves, being exploited by the network, how Jocelyn was kind of talking over them and belittling them during the reunion and during the show. And even though she had never watched the show before hosting the reunion, she just found it to be appalling. And she really didn't appreciate, like she didn't really not appreciate being a part of it because she did say she would continue to have been a part of it because as a working comedian coming out of a pandemic, like she wasn't going to turn down work, which is honest. And I feel like that's kind of what made me feel the rest of the live was coming from a good place. You know, people roasted her for the way she spoke to the women, but just imagine being in a room with a full cast of grown women yelling, shouting at each other, trying to fight each other for three to four hours from the begin, actually more than that, like six to seven hours from the beginning that you go into hair and makeup till when you're actually sitting on the stage fearing for your own safety that somebody might swing near or in your direction and you get hit. Um, so she just spoke out about it. And then Janisha and the other Zeus network owner um, came on to that live and they basically said, you know what, Lunell, we brought you on to do a job. You did that job for you to come on your live and then speak neg negatively about the cast members and about Zeus network is in terrible taste. But we'll get to that a little later down the list. But they did have a lot of things to say to Lunell, but she held her own. That was her opinion. That's how she felt. Zeus Network is also being accused of being transphobic. Now, this has happened multiple times on the show. The first being in One Chance at Love when there was a contestant who was identifying as female. She was constantly questioned about her gender identity to the point where it was just really, really cringy. Um, and I hated that part of the show that I think they called her real or something like that because they were trying to insinuate she wasn't a real woman or that she wasn't born female. They had her bring in baby pictures. At one point, another cast member actually looked at her genitalia to see if she was one, if she, see if she was a woman and, or, you know, you know what I mean? 
So it was just like a whole situation with this person. And then to put the icing on the cake, they had New York come out, Tiffany Pollard, and basically question her about her gender identity and why she would try to hide it and why she was trying to deceive Chance. Like it was a whole thing. And I just was like, this right here screams transphobic. It's terrible. It shouldn't have been included on the show. I know so many years ago when VH1 was having all these love shows, that was something that was okay and people didn't really see it as they do now. But we just have to evolve and do better. I really felt like that was completely unnecessary and I felt like that should have not been part of the show. If they didn't want her to be a contestant, that's fine. But to continuously like go back and forth with this woman. It it was terrible. And then the other instance that I noticed um, was on ATL Baddies when trans um, superstar Sydney was on there. And Sydney is a trans woman. She's the first trans bad girl, um, according to her, Sydney Starr. And she, you know, she would get into it with other people and they would start calling her he and misgendering her on purpose and saying they don't want to sleep in the room with a man and stuff like that. Like it was just really, really terrible. And although they made up after the show and they were friends before, and it was just a way of hurting her and getting to her, I just feel like you have control over what you put out there. Is this really what you want to put out there as content? And I would just say that for everything they put out, like is this really what you want to put out as content being a strong black brand that you're pushing out into the universe, you know? So that's one thing. And then they've also been accused of exploiting black women. So there is no lack of fighting on the show. There's fighting, you know, usually every episode or every other episode, and it usually includes black women. You know, the stereotypes that we are loud and that we are always ready to fight, that we're aggressive. Like these are things that some people still believe and it is perpetuating stereotypes to have these kind of reality programs where people are baited to fight, allowed to fight, where fights aren't broken up immediately, where it's just, you know, kind of a hotbed for arguments and physical fighting. It's it's just not, it's not a good look. And I'm not saying that to say Zeus Network is the only one. Love and Hip Hop does it every week. So does Black Ink Crew and a lot of other reality shows, but it doesn't make it right. Um, And now getting to Lunell speaking out and the two owners of Zeus coming onto her live to basically critique her. Listen, you own a platform. You're an owner of a brand. And sometimes people may not like your brand. Sometimes people might have things to say, but she came, she did a job. You paid her for that job. If she decides later that she wants to speak out about the situation and how she was treated and and what she thought of it, she's allowed to do that. In no way can you control her speech because you paid her. And I just think that they had so many good intentions going into the app, but really running a TV station and running a platform, an app, whatever you want to call it, where media is produced 
and spread out for everyone to see. You know, you really have to have a thicker skin and you have to be able to take critiques so you can grow and evolve. You know, this is onto the more positive things. This is a black owned platform that is putting money into people's pockets, especially after a pandemic, you know, the app functions well, everything is clickable and like easy to load. So they have that going for them there. But like Funky Dineva said, when he was talking about Zeus, you almost have to have a little more substance. You know, you have the fighting, you have the ratchet reality shows, but maybe now let's have something with a little more substance where we're talking about issues. Like let's make it a little more well-rounded. You know, we don't necessarily need another app where we're, you know, exploiting all these weak spots in the community. Women fighting with women, women not supporting women, the black community not supporting the um, gay, lesbian, and trans communities. These are things that we need to work on, but not expose in this way, especially in a reality platform, because a lot of, I mean, a lot of it's staged and a lot of it's for TV, quote unquote, but it's still a reality program where people can kind of take it as this was real life. Like this is what was really going on. And we just don't need that. Like, we don't need this kind of presentation of Black life to be kind of thrown on us. And, um, you know, that's how I feel about it. I think it has a lot of potential. I've heard people say really nasty things about the network, but I don't think that's constructive. I think this is kind of more constructive as to what they could do, or even just to clean up the shows that they do have. You spot some transphobic comments, we're going to take them out of the show. We're going to black out the screen completely, and we're going to use this as a time to educate. You know what I mean? They do it all the time on other networks at this point. The verbal exchange between two of the castmates got to be too much, and we are not going to continue to perpetuate that through the community. We're going to go ahead and stop the roll right here, and you can watch it, you know, after they've calmed down and we'll get more footage because that's responsible. If you want to get the moments, you get the moments, but at some point you have to say, you know, we're not going to speak that way to each other, and if we are, it's definitely not going to be aired. So you just do what you have to do, you know, take some accountability. All right, guys, this has been the deep dive. Stay tuned for our outro comments. All right, T crew, thank you for rocking with me this week. Um, I just want to also thank everybody for liking and sharing. It seems like story times were a hit, so we're going to continue with those. And if there's anything else you'd like me to do in the deep dive section or you want me to talk about on Hot Topics, go ahead and um, message me on Instagram or leave a comment on Facebook on our pages. They're all Tea Talk with Shaw, and we will definitely try to accommodate that. As always, arrest the cops that killed Brianna Taylor. We won't stop until she gets the justice that she deserves. Have a beautiful day or night, wherever you are, and I love you for listening. Bye!